Morning Liberty. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, Charlie. Welcome back to Good Morning Liberty, the Good Morning Liberty podcast. That intro gets me pumped up every time. I don't know if you notice, but I'm just like bobbing my head back and forth. That's and... because it's your band. <laughs> I guess that's why. That's why. Everybody likes their own brand. Yeah. Not the beginning of it, though. The beginning is just something that we had some guy on Fiverr make. Yeah, that's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool place to yeah, go to. It is. You know, you won't find a lot for $5 on Fiverr anymore. No, that's Fiverr got its name yeah. for being... Everything uh, was $5. $5. And uh, now it's all... It's multiples of five, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I think we paid someone like $25 to make, to make that intro for us. That's inflation. Yeah. Honestly. I guess, yeah, it is. That's you know consumer not inflation inflated. right there. You what? know it's not inflated. What's that? That is the subscribe button. That's true. No, it never. we never inflate the cost. Well, we do, but it's still free, by the way. If you inflate free, it stays free. Yeah, it's gone up double since yesterday, actually, but you're still fine. Yes, so you click that button. It's uh, We still have the sip and scan code running. And what that does is that gets the podcast, our show, directly to your favorite listening device without doing anything. You get a notification once we release and be like, hey, here, we're ready to be listened to. What's, I mean, we, there's got to be a catch to that, Charlie. Like, we're going to try and ask them, you know, for what, for money sometime, or we're going to steal their information, or what, you know, what happens? There's no catch. No catch. The only catch is every now and then you got to listen to some advertisements. Ah, But That's not too bad. I like ads. A lot of people don't, but I really like them. We provide so much content. I know. And how much money have we put into this thing? We haven't asked anybody for anything back. In fact, we just went on a trip (laughs) to, I'm sure Nate wants to tell this story, but we have, you know, we're trying to make our work environment better, which makes us more productive and which allows us to bring you a better show. And so we decided to upgrade the office chairs. We didn't go with the copier. No. We decided to upgrade office chairs. Yeah. And so we made a trip. Uh, Instead of waiting for Amazon like we usually would, I wanted my chair now. And when you want your chair now, you have to go to a box store. And you wanted to be able to sit in the chair and make sure that you liked it. I wanted to test them out. How is your chair? Oh, man, it feels so good. How's yours? <laughs> it's, uh, it feels like it always does, honestly. So we, we, went, to, we went to Staples. Yeah, went to, went to Staples here in Smyrna, which is, I don't know, what about 20 minutes south of downtown Nashville, something like yeah. that. Depends on if it's raining or not. It could be an hour and a half if it's raining. Or two. Yeah, so uh, we went to Staples and, you know, maybe just check out a big box store and see what they got to offer. So I went over there. And in this little clearance section in the back corner, I, I am so upset with Staples right now. And this is why they're going to be going out of business. And I'm totally fine with that. I hope Amazon puts them out of business because of these stupid business practices right here. So I went over, <laughs> I went over to the corner where they had some stuff on clearance. And they had this really nice leather chair that was on sale for 90 bucks. And pretty good like, deal. I was like, yeah, it's a pretty good deal for a nice, comfortable office chair. Compared to, I looked up what Joe Rogan uses for his show and his chairs that he's got listed on there. Yeah. $798. Hmm. Now, that's not too bad if maybe the chair has something to do with why his podcast is so famous. <laughs> I don't think that's it, though. No. No, that's not it. So, But I, I was like, Joe Rogan must sit in comfortable chairs, he, probably. He has to. And if it's an $800 chair, an $800 office chair, I think that's a pretty comfy chair. Probably is. You didn't get that one, though. No, we don't have that kind of budget over here. No. No. Well, well, we kind of do, but it's fine. Yeah, it's well, fine. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no, we don't want to spend frivolous, frivolously right. on things that are not necessary. Or so, frisly. Frisly too also. So yeah. uh, I went over to the corner in the clearance section. It was like 50% off these chairs. And I saw this chair sitting over there with this $90 sticker on it. And I called a worker over there, a nice, uh, you know, well-paid worker probably, came over and I said, hey, is that chair really 90 bucks? And he scanned it and said, yep, that's 90 bucks. And he said, but there's only one thing. He's like, you're going to have to get this actual chair because we're discontinuing these. And So the one on display. Yeah, so you're okay. going to have to take this actual chair that's already put together. We don't have any that are in a box. And I was like, that's good, because I didn't want to spend a bunch of time putting together a chair anyway. Yeah, that assembly sound, sucks. Sounded awesome. So Charlie got his chair, which came out of a box. And uh, then I just rolled my chair up there like an idiot. Just rolled it right up to the checkout lane. Of course, there was no one there when we went up there, and then there were about 20 people in line behind us after I rolled my chair up. And you would have thought I was trying to steal the thing. The lady's like, uh, you can't, I don't, I don't think you'd be taking that chair. And so she called the manager over, and you know they all talked about it. And the same guy that told me I was going to have to take that chair came over to me and said, well, this is our last chair, and we have to have a display item. So you're going to have to order it online, and you have to go to another town and pick one up. You just told me he, that, he to literally take this chair. He had just told me that the catch was that I was going to have to take that chair because it was their last one. And then when I get up to the checkout line, he's like, oh, you can't take that one. It's our last chair. <laughs> so he was like, do you want to order one online or you want to go to the other store? And I was like, uh, I was all by that time, I was already on my phone on Amazon looking for a chair. And I was like, uh. No, it's fine. They've already got one. I found one for 85 bucks on Amazon. It's going to be here tomorrow. So that, so that was it. Charlie bought his chair. I didn't buy one. And yeah. this is, you know, this is the problem. Uh, whoever, listen, whoever runs Staples, and I'm sure that this is one of your daily rotation podcasts. If you run Staples and you've, you're competing with all of these other stores and you've already seen Office Depot like go out of business and you see Best Buy's having trouble and Amazon's taking bigger market share... If someone's sitting there in the checkout line trying to give you $90 for a chair, take the $90 and don't have that chair on the display for a couple days while you're ordering a new chair. Yeah, you order one and yeah. wait for a couple days. Yeah, like they couldn't sell the chair anyway, obviously, because it was a display. So it's not like they had to keep that one there so they could sell that chair to someone. No, they just said I couldn't take it because it was the last one. You're just losing business. Like I'm like, hey, can I get one chair, please? And they're like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. We've only got one left. See, I should have been able to leave with a chair. That That's that's the problem. So yeah. I ordered one on Amazon, and it's going to be here. And, you know, maybe it'll be a nicer chair anyway. And this is one of the more first world problems I've had in a long time. Yes. But I was very – I was – I was upset about this. I was just screaming and cursing at you as soon as we got out the door because I was I was going to be polite to the people inside the store. Look, it was entertaining for yeah. me. And then that guy from, from Dare tried to get us to give Dare some money when we were leaving, you know, yep. which is which is fine. I just I was too upset to get my money out at that store anymore. He was like, have you heard of Dare? And I was like, sir, I know you don't recognize me, but I won the Dare Essay Award when I was in the sixth grade. You did. Okay. I, I wrote about how great of a program Dare was when I was in the sixth grade. So, um, you know, 
back off me, okay? I'm I'm royalty around here. Do you want to donate to me? Is what <laughs> to you? you? Said. Yeah, that's what I that's what I should have said. I should have asked him if he had my royalties or something. Well, I don't understand. Like, look, I've learned in business. Like, if you want to buy the dust that's sitting on the chair, I'll yeah, sell it. Sell to it. You. Sell it. That may be the only dust I've got in the store. Yeah. But if, if, if that's what you want, I, I will sell you the shoes off my feet. That is uh, evidently not, that is not the policy. That is n- not the outlook of the people running stables. So shame on them and good job, Amazon, for getting me to give you money instead of giving staples money. And like so. if Amazon was out of the chair, they'd be like, oh man, we're so sorry about that. Here's a $90 coupon yeah. <laughs> to get your next chair. Well, the actual answer is Amazon probably just wouldn't be out of the chair. The, you know, they don't have to have a display chair. They just have they just have like 2,000 chairs that you can choose from, which was different from the 40 that we had to choose from at Staples. And hey, I got I got a better one. So anyway, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So I like my chair. Yeah, you've yeah. got a nice looking chair. It's it's not bad. It's a gaming chair, by the way. Yeah. But I figured if gamers sit in these things all day long and game, I can sit in this all day long and code and sit on the phone yeah. and record a podcast. I looked online to see if they sold any podcasting chairs, but apparently that's not like a real big market yet. So We should open it up. We should. Podcast chairs. Yes. Okay. We'll do that. Niche market. We'll do that. Um, so we've got a couple news items today. Not as many headlines as normal because I was, you know, uh, obviously if you can't tell... I'm in a terrible mood right now. Fuming about so, staples. Yeah. So um, I did not pick a bunch of headlines because these few that I found, I was so upset about. I just decided that we could have railed on them for the whole time. Yes. So, and we're going to offer up some solutions. We're not just going to rail on other people's ideas the whole time. So we'll, we'll talk about what should be done instead. The solution for staples is sell the chair. Yeah. Sell. It's not that hard. Sell the damn chair. Yeah. I've got my card out and I'm saying I will pay you $90 plus the 10% tax here in Davidson County. I will pay you this $99 for your chair. And they told me I couldn't give it to them. They wouldn't take it. That is so stupid. It didn't make a lick of sense. Don't make no sense at all, man. Um, okay, so you guys. So basically, you're like, I don't even know where to begin. I'm so pissed. <laughs> that's exactly what I said, and I walked out. And he, yeah, that's it. So you guys probably heard a little bit about this already, but Twitter, Twitter, which is uh, our handle, is Good AM Liberty because Good Morning Liberty is too long for Twitter. Uh, so Twitter has announced that they are going to stop running or accepting money for any political advertising. You will no longer be able to promote mm. anything political on Twitter. Wow. So, yeah, so that's a, you know, that's a big move from them, although not not as big as you might think because they don't make money anyway. Now, so what is considered political? I don't is know. Is this like matters made political? I don't know. Like is climate change political? I'm not sure. See, that's that's part of the that's part of the problem. Is it just like pertaining to campaigns? And I think this is kind of what Mark Zuckerberg was trying to get over when he was talking to uh, AOC in that congressional hearing on whether or not they should put their nose in the people's business where it doesn't belong. Uh, that that being Congress, um, in that congressional hearing, he basically said that they have people determine that, but that they weren't they didn't have any specific policies. Um, on you know fake news or false political advertising because you where do you draw that line there's just nowhere specific 
to draw the line. So I think they're just deciding that they're not going to get involved in trying to draw the line. And Twitter has gone one step further and said, we're not going to have any political advertising whatsoever. So yeah, we can talk about whether or not something can be deemed political. Um, But then uh, let me just tell you the story here. So Twitter announced Wednesday that it will no longer take political ads. A major step as tech companies work to deal with misinformation ahead of the 2020 election. The ban will go into place in November. In a series of tweets, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey laid out the company's reasoning, focusing on the downside of political advertising when combined with digital advertising. So this is a quote. These are tweets from Jack Dorsey, the uh, CEO of Twitter. He said, while internet advertising is incredibly powerful and very effective for commercial advertisers, that power brings significant risks to politics, where it can be used to influence votes to affect the lives of millions. In addition, we need more forward-looking political ad regulation. Ad transparency requirements are in progress, but are, oh, uh, are progress, but not enough. The internet provides entirely new capabilities, and regulators need to think past the present day to ensure a level playing field. That's what we need, regulation. Yeah, so I liked your uh, voice for him, by the way. Oh, yeah? Was it pretty yeah. good? So this was uh, Twitter CEO asking the government to regulate their competition, who is, for, who is Facebook. So that's, uh, that's basically what you get from that. But this whole thing stemmed from Mark Zuckerberg being up in front of Congress, and he was not really backing down on the fact that some people are able to run disinformation or like kind of false political ads. Which I will tell you, there is a big process for running anything political. It took us a while to be able to run advertisements for our page on Facebook. You had to send like a mailing correspondence. And then they had to mail something back. They had to mail a PIN number back to us so we could receive it at our address and put in the PIN number. And we had to give them our like copies of our driver's license and things like that. I mean, there's a pretty big process for being allowed to run advertisements about about political issues on on Facebook. Um, So Twitter's decided they're not going to do this. And, you know, they're framing this up as some kind of big win for the freedom of political ideas and not being able to let people, you know, influence others because they have money. What this really is, is they want the government to leave them alone over this whole thing. So they're just saying, hey, don't come to us. We don't do political advertising at all. So leave us alone. We're out of it. You regulate Facebook, but... You know, we're not doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. We don't need the money because we're not making money anyway. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> it'd be different for Facebook because they're actually profitable, but Twitter's never profited any money. So when they're like, oh, we're not going to take money from this, everyone's like, okay, so you're still going to lose money? They go, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's, so that's it with them. Well, what I don't understand is, is who cares if someone's lying in a political ad? Yeah. Who cares if somebody's trying to sway you one way or another? It's your job as a constituent to find the truth. Yeah, this is just removing responsibility from the people. Right. You're trying to add in, um, you know, checks on whether or not something is true or false in in the premise of things. It doesn't, shouldn't matter. Yeah. You know, I could say the sky is green today. Yeah. And maybe in Oklahoma, if a tornado is coming up, maybe that's true. It might be. Yeah. But here... Today, it's pretty gray. It is. It's real gross outside. I don't know today. what exactly the shade is. I don't know. But, you know, why uh, Why is it 
you know, Facebook's job to regulate what color I say the sky is. So on this, or Twitter, on the conversation of what's going to be deemed a political post, because like, what if, what if you post an article and it's, it's something like, um, the gap between the wealthy and the poor has just widened to the most ever in history or, or Jeff Bezos made this much money last year. And it's an article about how much money he made. And that ad is being used to manipulate people to think a certain way. Now, maybe mm-hmm. it's not specifically for a political party or for one political candidate, but or you post things about how the climate change is to blame for uh, the wildfires in California, and you try to promote that post. Now, is that a political post? Because it can be used to sway political opinion. But it might not be specifically for one political party or for one political candidate. And to me, that's still a political post. You know, most posts that we see have some kind of political ideology behind them in some kind of way. Or somebody makes it political. Yeah, yeah. So... I make everything political. So basically, there can be no more tweets unless it's about your dog. Yeah, you can't promote any more news stories whatsoever because every news story has got some type of political slant inside of it somehow. I think when Zuckerberg was being grilled by AOC, he had a pretty good response here. So AOC, uh, just a little while ago, was grilling Mark Zuckerberg again for political advertisement. And this coming from the New York Times, uh, this is an opinion piece, but AOC asked him, quote, Do you see a potential problem here with the complete lack of fact-checking on political advertisement? Zuckerberg answered and said, quote, Congresswoman, in most cases in a democracy, I believe people should be able to see for themselves what politicians they may or may not vote for are saying and judge their character for themselves. Bingo. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's exactly what we should do. Now, this was a pretty funny story right here. So the one that you're reading from is actually a post from Aaron Sorkin, who is the one who wrote The Social Network, the movie. Yeah. So that's the one who who wrote that. And he was upset. He's upset with Mark Zuckerberg over his responses to that. And he said, now you tell me, if I'd known you felt that way, I'd, ha- I'd have had the Winklevoss twins invent Facebook. <laughs> In the movie? Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, he wasn't very happy about that at all. But um, So this idea that Jack Dorsey put out was that the good ideas are going to rise to the top. If they're good ideas, you don't need to worry about promoting them, that people will see that and share it because it is good. And so you don't need to worry about maybe you're a libertarian and no one's ever heard of what your libertarian ideas what are. If, what if all the Russian bots start sharing fake news stories? I, I don't know. I don't know what to do about that. Exactly. So in that sense, you know, uh, something people are noticing here is that like if you're someone who's in like a minority political belief, it's going to be really hard for you to grow your movement or get your information or your message out there to anyone. Because sometimes people just haven't heard of your ideology before. Maybe it's libertarianism and they get 3% of the vote uh, and you need to run an advertisement promoting the libertarian party so people can look at that and you know you won't be able to do this now on twitter and their argument is that well if it's like a valid and and good political idea then it's naturally going to rise to the top and get retweeted a bunch anyway i honestly i think jack dorsey here and anybody like aoc who believes this kind of stuff are just they're condescending and demeaning because i think at the crux of it is they're saying that 
people on Twitter or people on social media are stupid and they can't think for themselves. To me, this goes back to the ideology of, you know, back in the day, only rich white men who owned land could vote because they were the only ones educated enough to understand what was going on and they wouldn't be persuaded by lies. Right. Yeah. So they're saying the same thing. They're basically saying the American populace is stupid. They can't tell the difference between truth and a lie. So we have to try to not um, allow lies to be spread on Facebook or Twitter. The problem is. And I just don't I don't agree with that. I just don't agree with that. I think the American populace is a lot smarter than that. How are you going to determine what is a lie? Because there's been several things that political people have promised or said they were going to do that was not honest whatsoever. Or, uh, you know, we've got a tweet from Bernie Sanders. We're going to bring up here in a minute. I guess we can talk about it now. So I was going to say, speaking of lies, we, we yeah. have one so, specifically, and it's a tweet. So just tell me if you think Facebook or Twitter is going to flag this as a lie. Because this is Bernie Sanders, one of the people that does want them to be regulated. And he's tweeting something that is um, a very, very uh, misstatement of the facts behind the situation. We'll just say what his tweet is here. So he says, Jeff Bezos' income per day, $215 million. Federal taxes, Amazon pays $0. Amazon spending to buy Seattle City Council, $1.6 million. The only way we take back our democracy and end this obscene system of oligarchy is by standing up and fighting back. So taking the very first portion of his tweet, is this a lie or not? Can you do the Bernie Sanders voice? I I don't know. I've never tried to, I've never tried to do his voice before. Just let it go. Uh, (laughs) I can't, I can't do it. Jeff Bezos income per day, $215 million. (laughs) Federal taxes, Amazon pays $0. So we got to keep working on that. That's fine. You didn't sound old enough was the problem. You got to try and sound old. Got to have a little rasp in there. <laughs> but he's like income per day. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> so that first part, Jeff Bezos's income per day. Now, how do you determine when something is a lie? Because this is a lie, and this is why we run a website. This kind of stuff right here is literally what inspired us to create the website BernieLies.com, because he says this kind of stuff. And then his people, his followers, just take it as true. But if you take two seconds to ask yourself whether or not this is possible. Now, we all know that Jeff Bezos makes a lot of money. He's worth a lot of money. He's the richest person in the world. We, we all know that. But can you actually take this as true? Income per day, $215 million. Where are you getting that number? Because for a year, that would equal your income for the year would be $78 billion per year. That's nowhere close to what he ends up making in a year whatsoever. And you could also ask yourself, is this possible? Is it possible for Jeff Bezos to have been paid $78 billion in the last year from a company whose gross profit was $71 billion? Is this possible whatsoever? That gross profit is before any of the compensation or anything. That's cost of goods sold. It comes down to $71 billion gross profit. 
Now then, their net profit gets a whole lot lower than that for well, sure. Well, clearly they're being subsidized at least seven billion, so I, Jeff Bezos can make his money. I guess so. That that <laughs> must be what it is. So th- this is something that always drives me insane because he does this thing where he says Jeff Bezos's income per day is two hundred and fifteen million dollars. Now what he's doing there is he's taking a time uh, like the last couple days where Amazon stock has had a significant move up. And then he's taking what the overall value of Amazon has increased during that time. And he's using Jeff Bezos' 18% ownership of Amazon to determine that Jeff Bezos made $215 million per day. Now, he did increase his net worth by that much during that time frame. During that, whatever time frame he decided to pick, by the way. Right. And he doesn't even tell you that. No, he did not say over the last year, every single day, Jeff Bezos' income was two hundred million. He just said income per day. Now, that could be from yesterday, literally. And then before that, he could have lost a bunch of money. Because what I want to know is, where was this tweet from Bernie Sanders? Where was this his in- Jeff Bezos's income per day last October when Amazon stock dropped 25% and Jeff Bezos lost $50 billion in one month when Jeff Bezos was technically his income, if that's the word he wants to use for it, which is a lie of a word, but using Bernie Sanders' word, Jeff Bezos's income would have been negative $1.6 billion per day. That's a At lot that of point in time, negative one point six billion per day. Now, where was Bernie Sanders' tweet about Jeff Bezos's daily earnings during that time? Where where was it? It it wasn't there. No, I well, <coughs> you can't find it because it doesn't exist. That's the main reason you can't find yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and well, because that wouldn't fit yeah. the narrative. It it doesn't fit the narrative, and the problem is. I get how you can come to this conclusion that he made that much money per day. It's not income, by the way. It's not income because Jeff Bezos is not selling all of his shares of income today and then he actually earned that income. That's not what he's doing. He would have to sell all of his shares on Amazon today to have actually made this $215 million that Bernie Sanders is talking about. But he didn't. He still has his shares in Amazon, meaning he hasn't made anything from those shares because they're still Amazon shares. They're not money. They're pieces of paper that say how many portions of the company he owns. And he doesn't actually ever earn any money from that until he sells his shares of Amazon. And that's and that's the only time that he will actually earn that money. And what Bernie Sanders is doing is taking all of Jeff Bezos's shares and what the value of all of those shares increased over whatever amount of days he decided to pick. And like I said, he only made that money if today Jeff Bezos sold his stake in Amazon. Then he made that much money yes. over the last few days. But then he doesn't make any more. But then he doesn't make any more. And the company that. goes way down. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. We've talked about this before, but Jeff Bezos can't sell those shares. Like... If Jeff Bezos has 18% of Amazon and they're worth a trillion dollars, he can't just sell those shares and get that full value for those shares because as he starts to sell his shares, the value of the the stock itself, the value of the company is going to start shooting straight down to the floor. It'll be a race to a bottom while he's trying to sell those shares because for him to sell those shares 
there has to be someone that is willing to buy those shares. And since he's the richest person in the world, he's going to have a hard time finding more than a few people that are going to be able to buy those shares from him. So it's, it's not as if he can just sell his stake in Amazon and have whatever value you say he's worth right now. As soon as he started selling them, the value would start shooting down so they could find buyers for the shares. I mean, this happens all the time. When you see stock prices shooting down, that's because people are selling their shares of Amazon. That's why the stock is going down. So this idea that he somehow has this money, I'm sure he's got a lot of money, but about 90% of his money is in pieces of paper that say that he owns Amazon, and and that's it. So uh, all I'm saying is we can have a conversation about the wealth gap and wealth inequality, and we can talk about how some people make a lot of money and some people don't. But if we're going to have that conversation, then we better make sure we're using actual numbers, not made-up fake numbers. I, I just pulled up an article from October 24th, by the way, which was seven days ago, a week ago. Yeah. And Amazon's uh, third quarter earnings report uh, the their sales were up twenty four percent to seventy billion in sales, but they only netted a two point one billion dollar profit, which was down twenty eight percent. Isn't it amazing how they were able to pay Jeff Bezos twenty billion dollars from that net profit of two billion? I know that's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Man, that's that's impressive that they were able to do that. Wow. That, I, that is some accounting, yeah. by the way. Now, I want to talk to their accountants. Yeah, that's it's pretty good. Maybe, maybe they, they should open up an Amazon tax service. And maybe they should open up their own printing press, because apparently that's what they're doing over there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's where the Fed gets their money. Now, what people will say, the reason I use gross profit in the tweet that I tweeted back to Bernie is because if I would have said net profit, then what people will say is, well, that's because their CEO and their administration all took out a bunch of money, and that's why their net profit's so low. And that's... No, no, that's not the case. Their administrators and everyone's taken out millions. Sure, millions. Maybe it's 100 million. Maybe it's 200 million, something like that. But it's nothing close to $20 billion last quarter that Amazon paid Jeff Bezos. That, that is simply a lie. I don't know how else to say it. And that is why we have the website, BernieLies.com, because he does this stuff. And his people believe, you know, these people came up to the table while we were at Politicon and they said, what do you mean they were Bernie supporters? And they were like, what do you mean Bernie Sanders lies? Tell me, tell me something Bernie lies about. You know, what, you know, name something that he lies about. And there's all kinds of, it's things like this where sure you can explain how you got those numbers and you can explain how that's not exactly a lie. If you look over the last few days, his net worth increased by a billion dollars and that's, and that's how you came up with this number. But really, uh, factually, and and the whole essence of the idea itself is a lie. I don't know how else to say it to anyone. You know, you brought up yesterday on the show about Amazon's, um, you know, doing their their free delivery for Prime members and how it would cost them money at the initial, but in the long run, they would actually make more money. Yeah. There's actually, there's proof in the pudding for that for this one day. This article goes on. And the the subtitle for this article is "Who Needs Cheetos That Fast?" <laughs> and so, so right now, according to Morgan Stanley analysis, uh, for one day shipping, um, Amazon, the typical order for one day shipping is eight thirty two, um, and Amazon spends ten dollars and fifty nine cents to fulfill that. Means it loses money on those sales. And for two day shipping, uh, the 
the average order is 23.33 and Amazon spends 5.08 to fulfill and ship those items. So they're making a profit there. And Miss Coldy, the Forrester analysis pointed out that Amazon had said it would spend $800 million in the first quarter of one day shipping and that it later said the cost would be even higher. And she said, for what is that necessary? She asked who needs Cheetos that fast. But as Amazon has shown before consumers, nonetheless respond in the last quarter, unit sales were up 22%, more than twice the growth rate at the start of the year before the one day shipping initiative began. Mm, so okay. look at that. They understand on the back end, we're going to be making money because yes, initially we're going to lose because it's going to cost us more, but consumers are going to be ordering more often. Yeah. Which means, because they're going to get their, their items faster. Yeah. And so on the back end, we're going to have to invest, you know, a few billion dollars, let's say. But on the back end, we're going to make hundreds of billions. And there's another it's thing. Genius. Another thing that people end up forgetting about Amazon. And that's the fact that uh, Amazon is just a website where about a million different businesses sell products. And Amazon is just the company that runs the website, the marketplace for all of those businesses to sell their products. Yeah, Amazon owns some of the stuff that's on Amazon. But for the most part, it's small business owners that have all of their stuff listed all over the place on Amazon so they can sell and make money. And even when you're looking at the value of Amazon, you're taking into account the value of about a million businesses that use Amazon to sell their products. And that's how they come up with this trillion dollar value for the company. And so this whole idea that, you know, I was talking to my wife the other day and we were talking about how Amazon's got, they've got like 5% of the retail market share, total retail. They got about 5%. And the thing is, those aren't even all Amazon's sales. Yeah, people are using Amazon to buy things, but they're not buying products specifically from Amazon. We've got shirts listed on Amazon. Like they're buying from other people who have listed their products on Amazon. So even when you say that Amazon's got 5% of the total retail market or they've got 40% of the online retail market, it's not even all Amazon. That's like a million businesses right there. And people they just helping you, people. It's just people helping people. That's what capitalism does. You know, that's amazing. It's beautiful. Okay. I just love it. I just love it so much. So another thing I saw on Twitter, this is what happens when you go on Twitter, by the way. You just get mad. It's just a cesspool. It just it's just terrible terrible, terrible things all the time. People Maybe they shouldn't even maybe the founder or the CEO of Twitter. What was his name again? Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey, which I don't like. I don't like him. No, I don't like him either. I just decided. Yep. Maybe Jack Dorsey should just shut down Twitter altogether. I guess he should. And save us all the trouble. Because here's Kamala Harris uh, lying about something. If you want to get factual about this and decide whether or not it's a lie and whether or not she should be allowed to post it. Um, okay, so Kamala Harris has announced that she's going to provide Medicare for all. But she won't be raising any middle-class taxes to pay for it. But she's going to provide Medicare for all. Now, listen, that's a lie. Yeah. Okay? That's that's a straight-up lie. Uh, because people in the middle class and the lower class even, the whatever that bottom class, I don't know what you call that class. I don't know. Um, even those people, all those people are going to have to pay more in 
uh, taxes in some kind of way to finance Medicare for all. It just isn't possible. So it sounds like the lie of you. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. Yeah. Some, yeah. That Which was, I believe Obama tweeted that he probably did tweet yeah. that at one there point. Probably in time. ads ran about that. You know, I saw ads for yeah. the affordable care act, the affordable care act, uh, lied and said that it was going to make care more affordable. Uh, that was a lie. The act By itself. The way. Yeah, the entire thing. And I guarantee Even you... Even the name of it. Guarantee you they posted that on social media and probably ran advertisements for it at one point in time. Yeah. Uh, Obama said that they were going to have Obamacare. They were going to make medical expenses cheaper for everyone. He was lying the whole time. So can we block him from saying all of this stuff, maybe? We uh, should. I don't know. Um, so she said uh, in the tweet, Too many people have told me, Kamala, don't take away our choice. And how many is too many? Four? I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. One, campaign, I guess. Her campaign is heading way down. I don't I don't know. I think she's paying people to, to be in her audience by now, <laughs> I would say. Uh, when it comes to Medicare for all, I won't take away your choice between public or private Medicare plan or raise middle class taxes to do it. Period. Okay. So the Medicare for all plan has already been... You know they've they've went ahead and decided how much they think it's going to cost, and it's about three point two trillion dollars per year that they think this is going to cost, and that's an estimate of something that the government is going to be budgeting and taking care of. So you can go ahead and assume it's going to be about fifty percent higher than that, and deliver about fifty percent less of the goods, probably. Yes. Um, so that's on the that's on the conservative side. So even if we use the numbers from this and we say three point two trillion, um. You can't get that money from only the rich people. The, they don't have it. So they're going to have to do something other than tax the rich because 100% of the 1%'s income would be $1.6 trillion. So they'll have to go to a lower tax bracket for, for doing that anyway. Um, and then you know they'd probably have to raise corporate taxes. Maybe they'll double it like they were saying um, Elizabeth Warren would have to do. Um, or the VAT tax. Or the VAT tax, which is going to raise expenses for everyone. And we talked about this yesterday, so go back and listen to yesterday's episode if you want to deep dive on that. That's still a tax. By the way, um, the VAT tax is a really good example of that. Um, If they raise taxes on businesses and then businesses raise the price for everything that they sell you, then that is a tax on you. There's no other way to think about that. Yes. It, they are not just going to be like, oh, well, we sell things for $10 and they raise taxes up to from 22% to, to 44%. So I guess we'll still sell everything for $10. That, that's not what they're going to do. They're going to sell everything for $13 now. So, so they can still make the same kind of profit margins and justify the investment from all the people that are uh, making that business possible. And who who gets hurt? The people who buy things. The consumer. Yes, consumer. Regular old Joe. That's that's just the thing. People don't understand that corporations do not pay taxes. The people who buy things from corporations pay taxes. And any of you listening, now listen, exclude yourself if you made your own car and built your own phone and your own Wi-Fi, your own Wi-Fi network and cell network that you went out and strung around everywhere and you made your own computer and knitted together your own clothing, then this doesn't apply to you and built your own house. This does not apply to you. Collect your own and you grow And you grow your own food. This doesn't apply to you. But everyone else, <laughs> everyone else, you're a consumer and you pay the taxes that the corporation get charged. That's, that's just, 
as simply as it can be stated. It's the cost of doing business. It is. It is just one more cost of doing business. Charlie, when you think about what you're going to charge people for services that a pair of XO offers, I mean, if your tax rate went from 20% to 40%, do you think you would be like, oh, well, I guess I'm just going to charge everyone the same amount of money? No. No. My rate would go up 20%. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I don't I don't know why this is so hard for people to understand, yeah. really. Let's run some um let's run some democratic nominee speculation here. Okay. Okay. So who who are who do you think is going to end up getting the nomina- is going to end up getting a nomination because like Harris is dead. Yeah. Aurora is dead. Yeah. Cory Booker gone yep you literally have the top three candidates still are sleepy joe biden <laughs> or creepy bo jo- bo jiden yep creepy, creepy. joe biden <laughs> creepy bo jiden's pretty good too. yeah whatever yeah. um and then you've got uh you know liz lies it's uh, senator warren and then bernie sanders so those seem to be your top three contenders in most of the polls still so the rest of the party you can pretty much write off it's already november no one else is going to come close I don't see a surge, not even from Buttigieg. They still, that's what I was going to say. They're, people are still calling that he's going he's gonna to rise no. up out of this. No, I don't not think, even from Pete. I don't think it's going to happen. You ain't going to do it, Pete. Nope. I'm telling you, you heard it here first. <laughs> Pete ain't doing it. I think it'll be Elizabeth Warren. I think that's who's going to get it. What if Hillary Clinton enters the race sometime? Uh, in the de- next month or two. Depends on how many people commit suicide between now and then. <laughs> I'm not sure. We'll see. Jeffrey, Ep- Jeffrey Epstein still hasn't killed himself. He hasn't. No. He still has not. No. He's I, dead. I love those memes. But it wasn't all over himself. The place. They're, they're so amazing. So who do you think is going to get it? I think it'll be Warren. I think she'll get it. You think Warren's going to be the nominee? I do. Yeah, I do. Hmm. And I think, I think um, unless they find some kind of a moderate person, if there's like a better Joe Biden... Maybe if Clinton drops in, comes in, I don't know. If there is not a moderate and there's like a hard left person, then I think I think Trump will win against someone who is just straight up hard left. Because I think at the end of the day, people will be worried about their taxes going up and not receiving some type of an equal value from those higher taxes. I, I think people will think about that eventually especially if warren ends up getting the nomination they'll have to talk about her tax structure at some point in time uh, trump i think would make her talk about it in one of the debates and if she keeps dodging that question i think that will only hurt her in those debates so she will have to like bernie said she's going to have to come out and say what those taxes are going to go up to when she tells people that their taxes are going to have to be doubled so they can pay for Medicare for all, I think she loses. I think she loses the election at that point in time. So that that's my call. What do you think? Uh, you know, I honestly, I think it's still going to be Joe Biden somehow. You do? Yeah, because he's still technically like right now he's leading in Iowa, not by much. Uh, some polls show Warren leading. Um, most po- polls show Sanders still in third place. Warden is a pretty good name for her anyway. Yeah, honestly. Warden. Yeah. Warden Warren. Yep. Um, but you know, last year, or sorry, in 2016, the last Iowa caucus, Hillary Clinton got 49.8% of the vote in Iowa and Bernie Sanders got 49.6%. 
Wow. So that's close. And this is really close. And that's Iowa. And so the other way I think it will it will definitely be Warren is if Bernie Sanders drops out before Iowa and New Hampshire, then I think it's definitely Elizabeth Warren because the two of their supports added up together are going to be enough to beat Joe Biden anywhere. So I think if Biden or I think if Bernie drops out uh, before the primary elections, then it will for sure be Warren. Now, if they both stay in it, then they might kind of defeat each other and, and make Biden be the one that has the most percentage. I don't know. YouGov for Iowa has Biden sitting at 22%, Warren sitting at 22%, and Sanders sitting at 21%. Yeah. So you imagine if Bernie drops out and endorses Elizabeth Warren? Yeah. Then she crushes. Yeah, she'll crush it. So I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, I think Bernie... Are we, are we ready for a Chief Warren? Chief Warren, <laughs> commander in chief, her first time ever actually being a chief. Are we ready for that? Um, no. How solid are you on on this? What's the odds? What What's are the, the odds? What are the, what are the Vegas odds? I don't know what the odds right are. Now? I don't know. I don't know. How, I mean, what would you if you were a betting man? Um, what would you? Who would you say? Well, I I think if I were betting them, I would put it on, on Warren. I think too much, too much stuff's going to come out about Biden before that time. I think they'll keep talking about this whole Ukraine scandal. I think his, he's going to keep getting dirtier and dirtier from that and looking more and more corrupt. And, uh, I think she, I think she's going to take it. I think you she's going, so. I think she's going to take it. Yep. She going to take it. This is a, right uh, now Warren is leading the odds. Yeah. By a massive margin, by the way. Well, she's up twenty point eight points in the last uh, month. That's that's a lot. She's sitting at forty four point one percent. Biden's at twenty three point four percent. Sanders at twelve percent. And Buttigieg, I can't say that guy's name. Just say Mayor Pete. 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 What yep. up, Pete? Yep. Um, Pete, but. Uh, he's at 11.8%, so he's only 0.2 uh, percentage points behind Sanders. Yeah. So if you were a betting man today, Warren, she's up 22.6. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's I guess we'll lot. see. We can, we'll keep following that uh, as, the, uh, as the year goes on. Do you want to hear one more, um, I don't know, troubling story real quick? Just troubling? Yes. Okay. So listen to this from the Daily Caller. One in three millennials see communism, not socialism, see communism as favorable, study finds. Actual communism, okay? A growing number of millennials show support for communism and socialism. A survey, survey from the victims of communism found. It was a survey from the victims of communism. Oh, how about that? The survey conducted by the Victims of Communism and polled by the research and data from YouGov found that 70% of millennials are likely to vote socialist and that one in three millennials perceive communism as favorable. So what do you think this means for our future, Charlie? What do you think it means? Mm. Well, luckily it's only 33%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Now 70% of them were likely to vote for socialism. 
So that's, that's, a, that's a pretty pretty wide margin. It sounds like we need to get out on the college trail. We do. We yeah. do. We will be soon. Yes. Yeah, we're going to be speaking at MTSU, Middle Tennessee State University. Yes. So on, Details being worked out right now. Yep. November 21st, we'll be speaking in uh, the Student Union building. And I uh, forgot the room number right now. 200-something. But anyway, we'll be in there talking to people about how much better capitalism is than socialism. Socialism is bad, okay? It's not good. So we got to make sure we get this message out to people. And you guys listening, you guys listening right now, you got to make sure you're doing what you can to get this message out to people. Because if you believe in these principles of liberty and the free market, everything that we talk about every day, it's on us to sell it, by the way. It's on us to show people why it's better. Because we can see from these surveys that the younger generation, um, they're not going for this whole capitalism thing. Mm-mm. And it's ironic because they've grown up in what is the best period of time to ever be alive ever in the history of the world. Thanks in large part to capitalism. Yes. And free trade. And very, in very large part to, to those things. So, uh, like I would say, once again, I mean, tell me something you use every single day that was invented and innovated and created in a socialist country. Do you have anything or is every single thing that you use every single day, did that stem from our evil, evil capitalist market that we have? You know, they say that the it, internet was created by the government. Yeah. But I did some research on that. Yeah. And originally the military wanted to come up with a way to uh, to do internet working, basically. So that so internet is short for inter internetworking. That's yeah. what that's what it is, and that's what the internet is. You have all these computers connected and they can talk to each other. Well, so they really they wanted to build a network uh, where what they could do back in the eighties, uh, it actually started in the seventies, I believe. But what the the uh, Department of Defense and and the military wanted to do is create a network where they could actually use uh, computer processing power from other computers. It wasn't even about communication between the computers. It was it was a protocol set up to where. They could use, uh, let's say, dormant computers, if you want, for computer processing power, because processing power back in the day was uh, was limited. It's not what you see today, by the way. Your phone is a Gardon miracle. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is. Back in the day, when for, when computers first came out, I mean, you could... It took you all day long to process a megabyte. You've you know? got you've got more power on your iPhone than Ronald Reagan had when he was trying to run the country. Yes, just so you know. Yes, and so that was the original plan for that. Now, they did set up some of the original protocols and things, some of the things that we use today. But what happened was the military basically scrapped it. They're like, ah, this isn't working. And then some guys from, I believe Stanford University, somewhere out in California. Some guys took that and they started, you know, building the building blocks of the Internet that we use today. So the military basically scrapped it. The private market took it. And from its, you know, bare bones inception, it was like, hey, instead of using this for computer processing power, we can actually use these protocols, uh, which is what your that's what you do when you go on the Internet. The HTTP and now it's HTTPS. That's a protocol statement. Um, because what it does is it sends a signal out to some servers out there and says, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Who's got it for me? Yeah. And somebody will respond and be like a server. It's like, hey, I got <laughs> one over here. I'll send you back with this matching protocol. It's exactly what happens. Yeah. And you have these, you know, you have just 
uh, terabytes of data flowing back and forth to go on all these different servers, bouncing all over the place. That's what the guys discovered, that they could use these protocols to actually send information. It's And so really, the people that say, oh, well, you know, without the government, we wouldn't have had it. But that's to me, that's not true. It's the government uh, did, let's say, quote unquote, invent a, a process or a protocol that the private market then took and created what it is today. Well, because they never had the incentives to think about its possibilities. No. They, they, there was no reason for them to come up with those things. So they created it and they said, well, yeah, we're not really going to use this thing. Uh, you guys can they take it, whatever. They wanted to process their punch cards yeah. faster. And then someone was like, hey, you can use this for some crazy stuff. And I bet you you can even make some money from being able to do yep. that. And so they saw that as a big opportunity to change things. While the government made it, and they might have built the infrastructure for it or whatever, but they never actually saw what its potential was when they made it. And then you've got things like the automobile was invented in, oh, I believe, Germany by someone whose last name was Benz, I believe, uh-huh. uh, in the 1880s. Uh, now, I'm, I'm rough dates on that. But uh, it was created around that time, and yeah, so Henry Ford did not invent the automobile. We get that. But before Henry Ford uh, innovated the assembly line and came up with ways to make automobiles cheaper, whereas we were producing a thousand automobiles a year from the, before Henry Ford brought in the assembly line, he found like, well, if we, if we can find a way to produce a hundred thousand automobiles per year, then we can get the price per automobile down cheap enough that everyone could afford it. And I bet you we can make an insane amount of money when we do that. And so, yeah, it wasn't uh, clearly invented in the U.S., but it was useless at the time that it was invented because no one really thought about a way to make it mass produced so they could make money. Uh, That actually took someone in an evil, evil capitalist society to come in and, and innovate that. And you can look at it with I mean, flight, I would say flight changed the world in some ways, don't you think? Yeah. I think flight was mm-hmm. was fairly important. Now, that came straight out of Denmark, right? Like, that's where they invented flight, I think. No, it was North Carolina. That's it. That's actually where the yes. Wright brothers were, yeah. Yes, North Carolina. Okay, not Denmark. Sorry, I just wanted to be sure that that did not come from a Scandinavian <laughs> country. No, it came from North Carolina. Okay, and um, you know, I know Bill Gates grew up in, in London and everything, and then he moved to Australia for their better gun laws, and that's where he was able to, you know, innovate the computer and make you know, make Microsoft. I mean, obviously spent time in Switzerland and, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's the only way he was able to come up is because he was in those countries. Healthcare. Yeah, that was it. And that without the free healthcare he was receiving in Switzerland, then he would have never invented the computer while he was over there or, or innovated the computer while he was there, right? I mean, there's no he way. He didn't invent the computer. Yeah, he right. innovated. I changed right. that to innovated. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, he made it to where... Um, you and me could could use uh, a personal computer could put this um software this windows software on a computer and make it actually work well and steve jobs you know uh, you know jobs is a very uh dutch name um <laughs> so that's where he came from too that's why we were able to get all these nice apple devices is uh the system that denmark had set up for people to come up yeah. from there you know so really that's uh, why he was in his garage yeah ab- absolutely yeah. so um, yeah, where would we be without all those socialist countries? There's just no way that we would even be here at all. Where did Bezos grow up? Um, I'm pretty sure uh, it wasn't Switzerland. Uh, maybe is Bezos? I mean, 
what is he? Maybe Romanian, probably? Or I'm Holland. not sure. It must be Holland. I think what happened was that the Russian government had ordered Bezos to create some type of an amazing online marketplace for people to use. And so that's why we were able to get Amazon as such a big innovation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where we would be if, uh, if, if Sam Walton hadn't moved here from Ireland. I mean, (laughs) there's just no way that we would have all of these crazy stores, right? Exactly. You guys get the freaking idea, right? Yes. (laughs) Everything that we use on a daily basis, everything that people in the socialist countries use on a daily basis is thanks to the idea that you could make a massive amount of money if you came up with some kind of a way to sell a product to a lot of people. And that is the the baseline or even just make it more efficient yeah just make it efficient yeah exactly innovate make it more efficient make it cheaper make it more accessible that's the print you know it's all it's it's self-interest whether whether you like it or not you know these these people if jeff bezos was like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna put one hundred and forty thousand dollars in the amazon because that's what jeff bezos put in the amazon i'm gonna put one hundred and forty thousand dollars into this and i hope someday I'm going to receive back $140,000. You know, and that's why he did it. Well, he said, I hope someday Bernie Sanders will lie about me in yeah. his tweets. <laughs> <laughs> that's the good thing is that, you know, you can invent something that makes people's lives better exponentially. And really what you're heading towards is a big portion of the world hating you when you do that. I mean, yeah. that's, that's crazy. It's crazy. You got to get them haters, man. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, it's almost five o'clock and I've got to get on that old drive home, you know, because a lot of traffic between the, the back roads <laughs> between our two houses. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you guys should follow us uh, on Instagram at Good Morning Liberty, Twitter at Good AM Liberty, Facebook. Look us up. It's Good Morning Liberty. Go sign up for a free gun. This is your last day to do it. Yes. We're gonna, drawing us tomorrow. We're going to give away a free Ruger LCP 380, brand new, never shot anyone before, and we're going to take that <laughs> and give that away to one of our lucky signups, and we'll do that. Do you want to do that live, like on Facebook tomorrow or something? I think so. I think we should go live and do this. Like around noon, maybe? If you're, maybe. Maybe, yeah. like, we'll see what your call check schedule's the, like. the call yeah. schedule. So we'll go live tomorrow, and we'll announce who uh, who won the gun, and um, you guys can all be really mad at that person, but hey, don't mess with them. They've got a gun. So just don't, don't do it. And if you guys could do one other thing for us, and this is very, very important besides hitting that subscribe button, we've been getting some good reviews coming in. Um, And so on Facebook, on your favorite podcasting app, take five minutes out of your day, if you could, and leave us a rating and review. What this does is it also helps us in the algorithms and the trends to get this message to more people. So the more you guys help us, the more you're actually helping defeat socialism. And that's the whole goal here. Yeah. Because we we just read a story to you that one in three millennials prefer communism, even, yeah. which is worse than socialism, which is just a de facto. It, it Socialism has to devolve into communism. Yeah. But anyway, and then 70% <laughs> of young people uh, favor socialism over capitalism. And we have to switch that narrative because it's a very dangerous narrative. And the only way to do that is to get the message out to more people. As Nate said, we're, you know, we're we're going to hit the college circuit. We got to we got to, you know, fight back against Marxism <laughs> and all the indoctrination that's happening with our young students today. And we have to keep spreading the messages and offer the solutions that capitalism has. I said yesterday that capitalism is so good it solves problems you didn't even know you had. 
<laughs> it's how great capitalism is. And so we have to we have to give that message and the message, the morality of capitalism out to everybody. So leave a rating and review. Send us your money. Sign up for the gun. If you guys do all of that, we'll be back again tomorrow. We're going to go live, give the gun away. And so you guys check it out and hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.